Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Honestly, this game had everything you could ask for. It had big leads. It had, you know, big comebacks. And this is weird because this feels like a win, Raymond Lucas, but it's not. Rockets fell in this one. But very valiant effort to come back from down 29, nearly beating the Sixers tonight. Yeah, I loved the fight and I loved the effort. Um, I think it's a big jump for the Rockets even in a loss because it showed that your guy John Wall he can go get a bucket when you need him to get a bucket and sometimes you just need that down the stretch and unfortunately they dug themselves in a bit of a hole that was too deep but the fight was definitely there and welcome to another episode of the dream take presented by the dream shake Michael Brown has the night off he's been one of um, about a million or two or three or a whole lot of Houstonians that are without power. Um, so for first of all, stay safe, Houston, stay safe, Texas. But Ray and I are coming at you from opposite coasts in uh, 
in the United States, and we're kind of meeting together here, talking Rockets basketball here on this Wednesday evening. So, honestly, Ray, coming into tonight, we knew P.J. Tucker wasn't playing. We knew Christian Wood was still out. We knew Oladipo was still out. We found out very last minute Eric Gordon was going to play. But this coming in against Philly, who's number one in the Eastern Conference, you could almost pencil in the loss right away before the game even really started. Yeah, I was – I think at halftime I was um, just looking at the score like, yeah, that feels like what I expected. Um, I don't think I expected it to get out of hand so quickly, though. Uh, The second quarter was pretty rough. But, yeah, I think Philly, if Brooklyn's not going to make the finals, I think it's going to be Philadelphia. So that tells you all you need to know about them. Honestly, tonight, what I learned from tonight is Philly is in trouble. Now, I know Philly did not have Ben Simmons tonight. Looked like Joel Embiid was a little uh, bit not 100%. But Philly had shades of last year's Clippers team. And the one link between those two teams, Doc Rivers. They get complacent when they build large leads. And saw that yet again tonight. The Rockets had no business being back in this game. But let's be real. The reason why the Rockets got back in this game is because Philly... You know, they fell back. They kicked. They kicked up the chair and just, you know, they just chilled. They just chilled. They they coasted through that entire second half. And had they not woken up right at the very end, they could be on an embarrassing side of this comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it was weird too the way they kind of stalled because it's not. Sometimes you can see that happen when you have your bench players in a lot, but. Seth Curry and Embiid and all those guys, Tobias Harris, they were still on the floor. It was just kind of they took their foot off the gas a little bit too early. Like, you can kind of understand when it's four minutes left and maybe it's a 20-point game or something like that. But that was – if I was a Philly fan, I'd be a little nervous about the way that game ended because if that's how you guys close a game without Ben Simmons on the floor, then that's definitely problematic. Yeah, and look, the Rockets, they come into tonight, this is a loss for the Rockets, their seventh straight. Last time the Rockets lost seven in a row, I had to look this up before the show, January 19th, 2013. That was the first year James Harden was with the Rockets, and the Rockets were a, you know, middle-of-the-road team, and they were the eighth seed that year, so... It's been a while since the Rockets have had this bad of a stretch of basketball. The last time they lost eight in a row was 2001-02, and that year they ended up getting the number one pick. So that is yet to be seen. Maybe Friday the fortunes will turn around. But honestly, Philly came into this game, and they were hot from three. And they hit, I think it was six threes in the first quarter. They hit five of seven, their first seven threes. They hit 11 by halftime. And the, you know, everyone kind of came back to the average, came back to the mean here. And they simply just kind of flatlined. And the Rockets took advantage of that. You know, these past seven games, since Christian Wood has been out, there has not been too many positives. In -hmm. fact, this is probably the biggest positive out of these seven games is you could see the Rockets play as if, you know – they were fighting for something almost. Yeah, I think it's um, – we're seeing 
the adjustment process of what happens when you lose your franchise player. Because there's nights when you just don't have it, but that guy can go and kind of drag you out of it. Like, everyone could be cold, but then James Harden gets 40, 50, 60. Then that's gonna, it's going to be a close a close win, but, I mean, it's still a win regardless. And then you're struggling or you get into a slump. We kind of see these losing streaks that they haven't reached since, I think you said, 2013. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely a rough adjustment period, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a an adjustment period. That's that's I think a, a fair nice word for it. Yeah. And honestly, before this comeback, Ray, I don't know about you, but I was saying, you know what? Because we got somewhat of an update from Christian Wood on Christian Wood today. Stephen Silas talked about it pregame. He said that he's walking around with a bit of a limp. He's still he's doing very light work, and it's still going to be a while until he comes back. And I was reading that. I looked up at my TV screen to see the Rockets down twenty five, and I'm like, take this team to the shed. Just just take them to the shed. We'll see you next year. Maybe we'll have Cade Cunningham next year to, you know, ease the pain a little bit. But honestly, this team, once again, never fails to bring me back out of that. And I'm at least happy with the fact that we have a competitive bunch. You know, if we're going to lose, at least we're going to be competitive about it. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? Because I know Mike and I, I feel like every show we've done the past few weeks, Mike and I are, oh, should they should they quit? Should they keep going? And it's tough to tell because, as you said, Christian Wood's out, but I haven't really heard your opinion on this. Should the Rockets blow this up and just go for next year? I think it's been interesting because I've been scrolling on Twitter and I've seen um, a few people adding their input on it and – after watching the first half, obviously they came back, but after watching the first half, it's just like this is a team that's not really going to be able to compete, especially if all it takes is one guy going down for you guys to fall into such a big slump. So I think tanking would – it sucks to say because um, when you tanking is basically quitting on the season, but when you have the opportunity to go and get a – really good young player, like you said, Cade Cunningham, that would be great. And when you have the opportunity to go get a really good young player and then match him with Christian Wood, who's another really good player, it's kind of hard to pass up. And they can fight and they can put forth their best effort, but if it ends in a loss, then that's all it is at the end of the day. You don't get, like, brownie points or you're not going to make the playoffs because you lost by five instead of 20. So I think definitely tanking might be what this team should do because I don't think they can compete. Well, yeah. Tonight, coming into tonight, the Rockets had a, I think it was the sixth overall pick. They had the sixth, they were the sixth worst record in the league. And if they were to stay in that group, that pick goes to Oklahoma City. So that's also, that adds another layer into this and you're like, oh, well, you know, the only way the Rockets get their pick back is if they're in the top four, yeah. which means one of the four worst records in the league. And the, the teams that currently have the top spots, Minnesota, and they're, they're not getting any better, Detroit, Washington, Cleveland, and Orlando. And 
I'll tell you this, the only team that's as injured as Houston is right now is Orlando. So that is a I don't know if Houston's gonna be able to crack that that bottom four, honestly. And the thing is, also with this season being the first season with the or excuse me, the second season, I guess you could say, with the play in tournament, there's more teams that, you know, will go for a playoff and we'll, we'll compete. And I like that rule because it brings out the best in your team. And even after the loss tonight, even after seven straight losses, the Rockets are just two games back of the 10 seed and four games back of the eight seed with a boatload of ball games to play. So it's, it's weird. I think it's too early still. I, I still think it's too early, but we're getting closer. Time is ticking. Yeah. The backs are against the wall still. Honestly, if from what I heard from Steven Silas say, it's sounding like Christian Wood might – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Christian Wood. I mean, look, Christian Wood should come back as soon as possible if the Rockets are trying to, to get this going. But the there's two weeks left until the All-Star break. So if you keep him out for two more weeks – you're sitting him eight more games. I don't know if the Rock look every game the Rockets go into without Christian Wood, they will be an underdog. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. Now, do I think they're going to lose every one of these eight games to to get a 15 game losing streak up until the All Star break? I don't think so. I'd like to think the Rockets will win at some point again. And you know, tonight gave me at least the end of the game gave me some kind of hope that they will have a chance to win some of these games coming up, but. Honestly, like if we get to the All-Star game and the Rockets are, you know, within if – if they're if, – so let's say they go two and six in these next eight games, just to throw out a number. Yeah. That's – now you're looking at what? They're now 11 and 17 after the loss tonight. Yeah, so they would be 13 and 23. So only 10 games under 500 with 36 games to go. I mean, I still wouldn't really put it on it, but we're also getting to the point – where the trade deadline comes up and Victor Oladipo, what are you going to do with him? And, you know, when is Vic going to come back? Cause honestly the Rockets need Christian Wood to come back, but the Rockets also really need Vic to come back so that they can boost his trade value. Cause Vic's trade value is only depreciating as he continues to ride the bench. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because he's injured and there's not much the Rockets or Vic can really do about it. Um, and they haven't really – I mean, I haven't seen – have you seen anything, Ray, about Victor Oladipo's status and, you know, where he's coming from? I know he didn't come yeah, on a road trip. I haven't seen any updates about him. Yeah, so it's – you know, and he's been out. He wasn't even declared, like, doubt – I guess he, was, he wasn't He was doubtful for the game because he wasn't even there. Um, but, I wonder if they're um, doing kind of what – who is it? Um, Cleveland's doing with Andre Drummond where they're kind of just sitting guys out and seeing so they don't mess up the trade value by getting hurt or having a string of bad games. But I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, don't think, I don't think we've heard enough about trade rumors. But it's, it's weird because there's not really any updates coming about him. I'm sure we'll get some kind of update. He'll probably be on the bench on Friday or Saturday and because they're home. Now, assuming they'll play on Friday and Saturday, because what's going on in Texas right now is, you know, it's it's weird because 
as someone that lives in the area, that used to live in the area, that no longer lives in the area, it's it's like you feel kind of helpless, you know? Yeah. And it, it's it sucks. And this is exactly how I felt during the hurricane when it hit four years ago. And, you know, it's just like I like Houston is like it's it's home, but it's also like and it will always be home for me. And it's just it's so sad to see it from my perspective when you just don't have enough to do it with. And, and, you know, you look towards the Rockets to maybe provide some form of entertainment, some form of excitement, and they're not able to give you that. And that's unfortunate. But hopefully tonight, you know, the Rockets, at least at the end of the game, gave somewhat of a, of a sign of hope that, you know, something better is around the corner. Um, let's get some questions from from the listeners here. Um, let's let's kind of take some comments. Um, you know, Rev commenting. Shout out Rev. He says, uh, "Shout out to Tate. Great future for the Rockets. Yes, one hundred percent." Jay Sean Tate. Let's talk about him tonight. Uh, Ray, let's start us off. Jay Sean Tate played pretty well tonight. It's always his defense is always there, and mm-hmm. you really love that from a young player because you know they're fighting for something, and he's someone who was overlooked in the past, and you can tell he's really grateful for this opportunity with Houston and to be playing in such like a big role and playing key minutes, big minutes. That's really big for a young player, and it's really big for his development down the road because let's say – Houston turns into a contender within the next couple of years and he's still around, then all of these years and all of these games that he spent playing as a young player, it's kind of molding him into what he can be in the future and he can give you key minutes. It's like when I um, compared him to Alex Caruso a little bit earlier in the season where they're not necessarily the same guy, but they play winning basketball and their effort is always there on defense. And that's just really great to have because it's not that's not an easy guy to find yeah and offensively too he's been really good especially in these last few games 19 points tonight career high matching matching career high for jay sean tate he also has five of the last seven games or five of the last six games he's gone for double digits so we're starting to see a bit of jay sean tate's offensive game also kind of take shape i think his three-point shot is is what needs i I wish he wasn't as hesitant on some of the threes that he tries to take and i wish he would make more of the threes that he takes but we're starting to see a player like grow in front of our eyes and it's it's nice because we get to call him our own you know and and we don't have to really worry about him you know leaving anytime soon or anything like that so it's really nice He's been a Jay Sean Tate has probably been my favorite part of this season so far, along with Christian Wood. I'm really happy with how Jay Sean Tate has played and watching him kind of grow. Omari agrees. He says Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, the big three of the future. Now, let's talk about let's talk about this. So Kevin Porter has been playing in the G League and there are talks about you know, maybe do the Rockets try to bring him up now? Is this the time? I know how Mike feels, and Mike is very pro. Let's bring KPJ up. Uh, and and you know him very well, as we talked about before. And I, how much have you seen of him in the bubble so far? And do you think the Rockets should 
should make the move to bring him up. I think it's funny because when you watch him um, in the bubble, it's like he he just doesn't belong there when it comes to talent. Um, it's more of a mental thing, which I think plays into whether they should bring him up or not. Is if he's if they feel like he's mentally ready to once again be in that NBA situation where things might not go your way. Because in the G League, he's um, scoring high twenties, thirty easy. Because that's just the talent he has, but it's not always going to be that easy once you get back to the NBA. So I think they should evaluate him and see if they think that he's ready. But I think he add he can add a lot immediately to this team, especially on the offensive end, because he's his scoring is just so creative. Whether it's the step backs or the way he can create his own shot off the dribble or driving, it's he's a special talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. The thing with Kevin Porter is I think when he does when the G League bubble does end and he comes back, I think that between then and the trade deadline is the perfect amount of time to assess whether KPJ can take a good load of minutes away from Victor Oladipo if the team does decide to move on from him and also just to kind of gauge where he's at cuz right now I think putting Kevin Porter on this team all that does is it, it He's not going to take minutes away from Eric Gordon, not taking minutes away from Jay Shante. He take minutes away, honestly, from like Mason Jones and, you know, Sterling Brown also it got hurt tonight. So maybe that is incentive to bring him up, but I'm just, to me, I think right now, Kevin Porter should stay in the getting made into the system continue to shed that rust off because he's not like he's been playing really well don't get me wrong but he's also playing really well against G League talent and at this point like the Rockets there's no real like incentive to keep like to me there's no real like incentive to bring him in it's gonna help you maybe a little bit in the it's gonna help you maybe a little bit in the short term but I think long term you get more benefits with keeping him in the bubble just just for a few more weeks. Like it's only eight games that they're really going to keep him there. I think after the All Star break they're going to bring him back in and he'll he'll end up getting minutes after the All Star break. So we're only looking at a couple more games before uh, KPJ and KJ Martin as well, who's also been playing really well, will yeah. come back and and hopefully we can get some minutes into both of those guys. Um, let's see if we have any more questions up here. Um, this is a good one. Amari asks, do you guys think David Nwaba should be on this team for the near future? Nwaba played inspired basketball tonight. I think that's a good word for it. Inspired. Defensively, had those two big blocks. One was on Dwight Howard, and I think – I can't remember who the second one was on. Do you remember who that second, like, chase down block was on? It was – I don't remember who it was on, but I, you're talking about the one later in the game. Yeah, it was, like, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. But... was on Seth? Maybe it was on Seth Curry? It, might, it was definitely a guard, but I don't yeah. remember which guy it was. Okay, but, I mean, this actually brings up a good question. Nawaba is a free agent after the season. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm guaranteeing you, after a game like he played tonight, there are going to be some teams calling the Rockets for David Nawaba. And that raises the question, because also, Nawaba's a guy that could take minutes away from Kevin Porter should he come up. Now, I would love for David Nawaba to stay. I think having him on the roster is super important but also David Nwaba and his trade value might be higher than it's ever been and you might have to take advantage of that 
he's not untouchable in my books. Yeah, uh, definitely, especially with contenders. Uh, this is about the time where you kind of get a good feel of if you need to add other pieces. Like you see Brooklyn, they're kind of making moves because they're like, all right, we have some holes and the best time to fill it is right now so we can get to the all-star break and kind of mesh towards the playoffs. Um, I think if he finishes the season as a Rocket without being traded, then you 100% bring him back because – I believe it was you that was saying, I don't remember for sure, but I believe it was you that was saying um, Houston, they no longer are relying on outscoring their opponent. They're, yeah, they're more so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, definitely. And moving forward in the future, that's the kind of guy that you want. If you want defense to be your focus, because a team that can play great defense, they can beat nearly anybody as long as they're also able to score the ball. Mm -hmm. So. I 100% think he comes back. I think, you know, one team that I think Noah would be a great fit for? Utah. Mm. I think Utah would be a really good fit for Nawaba. They need, like, one – the one piece they need is a defender, someone that can defend guards, opposing guards, and make sure they don't go off. And David Nawaba could perfectly fit that role, in my opinion. And I think if they find a way – to like jettison like Bogdanovich and you know they, like some combination but like if you if you take Bogdanovich out of that core and you put in Nawaba mm-hmm. I think they're, they're like they have enough offense like with Jordan Clarkson and Donovan and you know even Joe Ingles guys that can you know kind of take over that load and even David Nawaba can produce some offense from time to time but he's a far better defender than Bogdanovich is and I think that could be a move that really puts Utah in that scary zone. So, honestly, Nawaba should have some suitors at the deadline, and the Rockets should listen. The only players I'm hanging up on you are, are Christian Wood and uh, Jay Shante, in my opinion. Mm, and so, the Jazz, it's weird with the Jazz. They are, I expected them to be good last year, and they weren't all that – I mean, they were a good team, but they weren't. Um, what people were projecting them to be, like one of the better teams in the conference. It was more – ended up being really a two-team race between the Lakers and Clippers, but the Clippers, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah. this year, they are scary good. Like, yeah. it's crazy how well they're meshing and how well they're gelling. I think I think the answer to that question of who Nawaba had that block on was, uh, according to Grant, it was Tyrese Maxey. So, yeah, uh, a guard. We were right. We were in the ballpark. We were, we were close. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, now when it comes to the Rockets, though, honestly, I'm a little worried about Sterling Brown. Uh, he, it did not look very good tonight at that injury, um, and you know, hopefully, he isn't out for too long because. The last thing the Rockets need right now is another injury. Um, Sterling Brown, I mean, he played 26 minutes. Did he come back from that injury? No, that was the last time he was on the floor. He played 26 minutes. He played 26 minutes and then got hurt. At least, I don't, I don't remember. I, I didn't think he came back, but yeah, I, I don't I remember. Because that fourth quarter group, like Macklemore was playing a lot in the in the fourth quarter. So there's, um, so yeah, Sterling Brown left the game with 437 in the fourth. So we did come back. Oh, he came back in? I think so, yeah. But, I mean, maybe, like, he came back, 
And usually, like, I know Sterling Brown um, is a guy that would probably play through an injury. Mm -hmm. And to knowing the Rockets are shorthanded tonight and they were down as much, I feel like Sterling Brown kind of knew that he he was needed tonight. And, you know, maybe – because you know how ankles are. You know, you it happens in the moment, but then it you you really find out how bad it is the next day and yeah. after you kind of sleep on it and how swollen it becomes. So honestly, I hope that it's I hope that it's fine. Uh you cuz like I remember Nawaba had like an injury like that and he was out for like two games in Oklahoma City at the at the beginning of the month and you know obviously Christian Wood had his injury against the Suns earlier this year, so Honestly, yeah, for me, Sterling Brown is needed because at this point you don't really got too many other players. Eric yeah. Gordon played tonight hurt. You know, John Wall should be on this injury report. He won't play either Friday or Saturday. Um, but, yeah, it's just – like it's tough. It's tough because – like it's, it's honestly – it's tough watching these games. I'm not even going to lie. Like I was like – I, I mean, I love watching the Rockets and I love watching basketball. Don't get me wrong. But to see this team as hurt as it is, it's hard to really grade them or critique them because they're not playing as they were intended to be. Yeah. And it hasn't been like that the whole season. 20, 28 games now. The Rockets have still not had the team. I think they've had one game or two games where they've had a fully healthy team. And I think it was like the Portland game, right? Like the Washington, I think it was against the Wizards the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was against uh, Portland. That sounds about right. And both of those games were wins. So, yeah, to me, it's just, it's so hard to look at this team and, and say, yes, you are, you know, good, you are bad. Because we haven't seen this team really fully there yet. And the thing is, when eventually these players do come back, it's going to be time to trade them. And then we see another reshuffling of the deck. And to be honest, we're just, this year is, we're not going to get a full look at the Rockets. And that, that's okay because at least we're not wasting a year of a contending window. I guess that's like the one good thing of it, about it. Like you look at teams like, uh, like a team that's like, like the Bucks. The Bucks are, are struggling right now, and I, you know, I'm sure COVID has part of to do with it. And honestly, the Bucks don't look like they the team they were a year ago. The Heat, also another team that is kind of you know not playing up to their potential this year. So you have teams that are kind of dogging it, and COVID has been a real. Um, it's been really it's a letdown for a lot of teams and. It's it's wasting a year in their contender windows. Yeah, it's because uh, they don't have James Harden. But that's yeah, another, that's another story for another day. The J train's pulling into the station, Ray. So I'll get one key from you for Friday against Dallas. Should the game be played? Um, I think John Wall coming with that same assertiveness that he had in the fourth quarter is a big key because right now this team desperately needs somebody who's going to just take over the game and in that fourth quarter they was kind of using him like John Wall and it wasn't so much isolation but a lot of the possessions were ending with Wall either in his hand um, hitting a three attacking the rim or dishing to an open teammate and I think 
it's it's rough because he's coming off of injuries, but right now they need that from him without Christian Wood. So I think as long as John Wall plays for one, but um, yeah, definitely an assertive John Wall. Yeah. So in their last seven games, the Mavericks have given up 115 points or more. So you're if you're gonna win this game, you're gonna win because you're outscoring. You it's gonna be a scoring game. Whoever first to one thirty wins, and mm-hmm. Dallas is going to take advantage of that. And look, if John Wall doesn't play, this this game is a total punt. Like and and maybe you just try again on Saturday. But honestly, this game is winnable just because we've seen the Rockets offense play really well against Dallas already this year. So take and, – and honestly, a lot of that game had a lot of the same passion that this end, that the end of this game did. So let's continue this rhythm that the Rockets built in the fourth quarter tonight and apply it on Friday. And I think that's a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take, nothing fancy. And you can also follow The Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and your podcast app of choice and download our episodes. We go live after some games during the season, but we give you a post-game recap after every game this season on demand. So be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And be sure to also follow my co-pilot tonight, Mr. Raymond Lucas on Twitter at... There we go. Raymond Lucas Jr. Raymond Lucas Jr. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Be sure to also check out all of our content from the Dream Shake at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. Thank you so much for everyone that's tuned in. And until next time, go Rockets!